What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 187 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this week I'm joined by Andre Seegers and Tom Arnold. And how you guys doing? How you guys holding up? I'm alive. <laughs> well, that's step one. There you go. Yeah. I, I was going to say good as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that's about all you really can say at this point. It's like, yep, same situation, same stuff yeah. going on. We almost just loop the same segment every week because I don't think we're doing much different. <laughs> well, I, I do have one for you, Andre, because I did see a tweet from you uh, not a couple hours ago um, where you, you talked about how the My Hero uh, openings are getting worse as the show goes on. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't, you haven't talked about the My Hero, uh, your My Hero watch through at this, uh, much at this point. So where are you at at this point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on season four. Oh, I'm nice. at the part where they're in the um, they're in that building, and the guy like possessed the building. Wow, that sounds so weird saying this. <laughs> the dude possessed the building, and now he can like move hallways and stuff. Uh, okay, um, you're still in the Yakuza arc, which is funny because I have not actually finished season four yet. Uh, I, I stopped right before what's known as the uh, school festival arc. So okay, I, I yeah. So waiting to I, watch that. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm still enjoying the show. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I have found the theme songs. Like, I actually really like season one and season two, or at least I think the beginning songs for them, because they change halfway through each season two, I think, mm-hmm. which is confusing. Anyways, um, I wish I had just picked, like, one good theme song and stuck with it. But yeah, the th- season threes and season fours haven't done anything for me. Um, and I actually like the, I did like the previous season's music uh, music more. Other than that, though, that really doesn't matter that much. Um, yeah, the show's still fun. I'm, I'm still enjoying it, so I'm still watching it uh the fact i've stuck with an anime that i'm going to actually finish an anime for all the available episodes is kind of blowing my mind yeah <laughs> as well as are my twitter followers it seems <laughs> yeah seriously you before you know it you'll be getting that uh shonen jump subscription so you can catch up with the manga i already i already had to sign up for freaking uh funimation because hulu only has the first three seasons uh the rest uh, of the yeah. habit is, is subtitled so i had to switch over to funimation for the fourth season to get the dubbed the whatever they call it the Wcast or whatever the simulcast yeah that's it yeah yeah or simul dub I guess is the, that's uh, it. the one they right. do uh, yeah and that's unfortunately behind which is a big reason I haven't finished watching season four yet is because of all the this whole you know the whole COVID situation yep. they're they're secluded too and they did actually get a new episode I think it was eighty four got up which I forget how far from the end of the season. That is, uh, they had set up for all the actors and Funimation shipped out units so they can record everything and uh, get it all taken care of. But yeah, it sounded like a much longer process to get that sort of thing up. And who knows how long it's going to take to get the rest of the season. But it's nice to still still be getting it. Yeah, maybe I should slow down my my watch rate. That way I can <laughs> <laughs> not burn out episodes before uh-huh. I get there. Oh, you could probably stop where I got to where it, uh, once you finish... Um, once you start seeing the uh, stuff about like a school festival, you can probably stop there. Okay, uh, we'll, but we'll I probably won't stop though. I know myself. <laughs> yeah, you'll you switch to sub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god, no, I won't do that. I actually, I actually quite like the dubbed the dub voices. Um, like for movies, you know, typically like a live action, I'll watch subtitles just because the 
seeing like voices that don't match the lip sync uh, just completely throws me off, and I'm fine with that. But I heard the dub was good for um, my heroes. They're watching it that way, and I don't know if I can go back because I've watched some comparison videos. I'm like, man, I actually like I really like the American voices they chose. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I've heard some people prefer like the Japanese. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Bakudu. Oh, Bakugo. Uh, Bakugo, yeah. But I love his American voice. Like, that's what got me into this show. I'm like, I love how angry and pissed off that guy is constantly <laughs> for absolutely zero reason. He just goes like zero to 100 for no reason at all, and it's great. And I think a lot of his voice actor really sells that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And and even, you know, I, and part of it is I'm used to these characters now. So hearing anything else is, you know, would would just naturally throw me off. But yeah, um, I think I'll stick with a dub. I don't want to switch over, so I'll just wait for those to come out. Nice. Do you do you have a favorite character yet? Oh, I mean, it's, it's probably uh, Bakugo. Oh, okay. How do you say it? Bakugo. <laughs> um, yeah, he's pretty great. I also like uh, Ice Hot. <laughs> whoever the oh, I, Icy is. Hot. Um, yeah. Uh, Todoroki. Todoroki. Yeah. 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 I can barely keep track of all these names. Oh, there's um, a lot of names to keep track of. Really, so I don't plus, blame yeah, you. It's like Game of Thrones all over again. <laughs> I um, I don't even have the names straight at this point. Like I got some of them, but others I'm like, oh yeah. Um, Slime girl or guy who talks <laughs> exactly. to animals. <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah, Froppy. I remember. Um, then there's Ash Ketchum. That's the main guy, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Deku, he reminds yes. me so much of Ash. It's, you think you know, remember Deku? <laughs> I actually, I actually do remember Deku. It's his actual name, Midoriya. Yeah. All Might took me a little while just remember the exact adjectives and order thereof. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. No, the show's good. It, each character, like, you don't even need to know their names. It's easy enough to follow anyway. And um, and you know that little pervert dude still sucks. Oh no, he's the worst. Him. Nobody yeah, likes he him. Really is. <laughs> you notice so, he, yeah, he's shown less and less as the series goes on. <laughs> it does seem that way. Yeah, I think it kind of peaked in season two, and then it's definitely dropped. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but besides that, I've also been just dipping in, dipping in and out of Half Life Alex, and by that I mean I've been playing about. I play in about two hour chunks. Which goes by pretty quick, but at the end, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I've, you know, like you can feel the stress building in your body, and um, I, I thought I was way farther in the game. Like I thought I was most of the way through. Then Tom told me, no, there's like 11 chapters. I'm like, what? I thought there were only seven. So uh, I'm not even. Ha- I don't think I'm even halfway yet. Then, or I'm just about at the halfway mark. Or no, I guess I am. I'm a, I guess I'm just a little past the halfway mark now, officially. Yeah, um, I reached. I was oh, gonna say it's Tom. deceiving, right? Like you feel like, well, this is a good build up to the end of the game. I'm almost there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of that one thing you do, and it feels like, oh, well, yeah, this is like the natural, like, I've got to be in the end game here. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Not even close, it seems. <laughs> How did you manage to go through all of Half-Life Alex in, like, such a short time, Tom? Uh, or did you just have better nerves of steel? <laughs> uh, okay, one thing about, I guess, is doing the shift uh, teleport. That helped a lot, so I wasn't doing continuous movement. Uh, so I didn't get, I didn't feel off from VR. Uh, because I did try continuous for one hour, and then it was like, whoa, I'm on a boat. <laughs> yeah, so con- continuous, for those who don't know, it's where you're basically moving as in a first-person yeah. shooter um, while standing still. And it can feel really weird. Because yeah. it looks like you're busy. It looks like you're moving, but you're not feeling that movement in your body, obviously. Yeah, and I guess part of it, too, a lot of the chapters for me kind of ended on a Resident Evil 4-like note, where there's something like right away you want to do. So that helped, and... I'll admit, though, I got stuck about three times, but uh, normally I probably would have taken a break there, but for the review purposes, uh, I tried to power through them, so 
Yeah, that's super impressive. That's a, you you played through what's effect, basically a twenty hour game, I believe, in two days. Wow, which is a lot of time to spend in VR, yeah. <laughs> especially a room scale one where you're moving around, you're ducking behind things. Like it's an active experience. Like you're probably burning calories playing that game, not a ton, but you're probably burning some. Yeah, so. it definitely helped me because uh, during that process, there wasn't time to exercise while doing the review, so it, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it did work out. They so, just need Tom just needs a VR walking simulator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. He's going by the treadmill. Um, so yeah, I, I can tell. Also, the, the game like the game does a really good job, like you know, with um, just tracking your movement, and uh, that's also partially due to the technology as well. But I can tell how good it does of tracking my movement because I cannot throw worth a damn in that yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it takes me so long. Like I'll throw a canister, it'll just like limp forward. I'm like, no, I got you need to go farther, which is posing to be, a, which is proving to be a big problem when I'm fighting. When I'm, when I'm fighting, when I'm uh, up against Jeff right now in the early parts of the Jeff chapter, I don't want to say too much to avoid spoilers, yeah. but there is throwing involved, and my lack thereof is proving to be a hindrance. Oh, you can just <laughs> so. throw anywhere in that level. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but I found I threw left, and maybe because I was trying not to swing as much overhead, so I wouldn't hit the ceiling <laughs> with a knuckles. Oh, you're, you're, tall, you're, you're pretty tall yeah. too, exactly. Uh, Which is actually kind of super immersive because uh, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy who's in your earpiece, uh, Russell. Russell, like he gets on you in the early part of the game when you get the gravity yeah. gloves or whatever. He's like, "Hey, be careful! Those are super sensitive." So just like in real life, Tom, you watch over your knuckle controllers. Yeah, so. <laughs> you 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 do you be nice to Russell and you save him a little something at the end of that level. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> but if yeah, <laughs> I'll try. What have you been up to otherwise, Tom? Oh, for me, um, so. I actually, I've been doing a lot of Carpoon development recently. Uh, I think the last time on this podcast, I was burnt out <laughs> from trying to fix how Harpoon shooting worked when Andre said that to me. And I was just like, yes, lots of Carpoon because I spent maybe several weeks <laughs> off and on on a problem where the Harpoons would shoot kind of sideways. And in the end, it, one of the main reasons turned out to be there was the harpoon was colliding with the player shooting the harpoon itself. So that was a fun one to figure out and have a nice aha moment. <laughs> um, other than that, I watched Uncut Gems uh, recently. Ooh. Oh, how was that? That was really good. I was surprised. Like, okay, I know everybody's saying Adam Sandler did a great job, but is that just because he's on their talk show or is that real? <laughs> <laughs> And no, you know, you did a great job. Uh, you even almost forget it is Adam Sandler at times. Uh, he gets really into the character. So uh, it's got, at, at first it's got a crazy pace to it, maybe a New York pace uh, where you're just thrown from problem to problem for the character. And it's almost like when he finally sits down and takes a, a breath, you are like finally get to exhale too. And like, oh, finally the pace is slowed down. But uh, fantastic job. I was surprised to hear at one point, I think the director or story writer like bugged Adam Sandler for a few years about it before finally doing it uh, because the events oh, happened wow. in 2012 almost, I'm not sure entirely, but perhaps based off a real life sports clip. So that's a really neat tie into the movie. Hmm. Highly recommend it. If you're what did you find more stressful, Tom? Did you find uh, did you find um, 
Uncut Gems more stressful or Half Life Alex more stressful? <laughs> Half Life Alex for sure. But but if you oh, ask oh, me, wow. Resident Evil Seven or Half Life Alex, uh, in my memory of trying to go backwards through a chair, probably Resident Evil Seven. <laughs> uh, I only ask because yeah, Uncut Gems like I saw in theaters. That movie's like super intense. Yeah. Like it just feels like it's stress inducing the entire time. Yeah. Like whether it's how it's edited or the situations the characters find themselves in or how like the sound like there's just so much overlapping sound and like people yelling at each other and it's intense always. it takes it out yeah always yeah. uh there's some moment where it's like a big moment for him on the phone or something and someone will just come into his office and start yelling at him those moments are, <laughs> i find the most stressful in that movie right exactly yeah <laughs> i haven't seen a new movie in a while well, <laughs> it kind of sucks not being able to go to the theater there haven't been any new movies to see uh, yeah i was gonna ask you guys do you guys end your movie pass like monthly subscription thing i, I didn't oh, have I, to it's suspended automatically oh, nice yeah i actually quit uh the amc a list a few months ago so i'm mm-hmm. looking at maybe getting another like a regal yeah. but yeah i dropped amc yeah. and mm-hmm. other than that i've uh been playing breath of the wild because i never actually beat it because back when it came out, that was a year where I was trying to find a place to live and the real estate market was really hot, so it was difficult. And also, the company I was working for was going bankrupt. So those are my <laughs> excuses then. And what better excuse now than a pandemic being at home to start playing again? <laughs> and also, has your Labo VR come Not in yet? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to that. There's going to be a ton of Breath of the Wild to play uh, in Labo VR when it does arrive. It's shipped. Nice. Oh, that's awesome! Someone just tweeted at me last night that um that they beat Labo v- or uh, that they beat Breath of the Wild in Labo VR, and they're like, "What an amazing experience!" Yeah. I'm like, "Yes, that's what I love to hear." Um, I I'm I, I'm playing Half Life Alex right now, and I'm really enjoying it. I still think I prefer playing Breath of the Wild in <laughs> oh Labo VR yeah. at like that you know at that like postage stamp sized resolution. <laughs> it's great. It's going to be fun to compare the two for sure. It will be, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, spe- I'm, yeah, I'm talking partially tongue in cheek here, but I really do enjoy Zelda: Breath of the Wild in VR. So yeah, you should try it out, see if you like it, Tom. Yeah. Uh, but at the very least, it'll be fun revisiting a game that so many people have enjoyed, you know, since it came out. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that strap though, the I strap guess, hasn't shipped yet, but maybe I'll just. Oh, that is that's kind of a key component because yeah, otherwise I don't. I recommend like sitting in an office chair and propping your uh, your elbows on like the uh, yeah. armrests. Um, do help with the VR support until you get that that headrest. So, so my backup plan of cellophaning it to my head, you would not recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely probably not recommend that. At least for periods longer than thirty seconds. What if seconds. I have a snorkel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that actually could work. Maybe you might have to film this stuff. <laughs> and have someone else something. around when you do so. <laughs> I well, speaking of real quick of visiting of revisiting like. Um, you know, good games, I suppose. I went back a little bit farther last night because I put together, I visited an island a few days ago, someone who built their island based around Super Mario World, the world map. I just posted a video for it. Go check it out. It's super good. And as part of that, I wanted to get uh, map footage or map screenshots to compare the areas of the map to the real thing. Um, I thought, oh, I can just Google search this stuff. No, the images sucked on Google. I'm like, oh, I gotta go find these images myself. <laughs> um, so, and I, I discovered that uh, I couldn't find my US copies. I used my Japanese copy on my Super NT, which can play Japanese copies at a, you know, and the, the image quality is great. But then I found out that it ended at the ghost house right before Chocolate Island. I'm like, darn it. So I'm like, all right, well, let me go look. You know, I don't want, want to spend a bunch of time playing through the rest of the levels to get to uh, Bowser's Valley or that Valley of Bowser. So then I went looking for my US copy again, found it, plopped it in, and guess what? It ended the exact same level. I'm like, what is with this? Like, what's going on? Like, me, 
Yeah, me and this Japanese guy who played whoever sold the version before, but that was his file or their file. Uh, apparently, we we, we quit at the same point. Um, anyways, my point is, I'd replay through the through the final segment of the game, and my God, I forgot how I nearly forgot how perfect how perfect of a platform that game really is. Like, uh, not just in level design, but as part of it, but the controls are so good; it just feels sublime. I was doing things in a game that I haven't been able to do in a side scroller in a while because. They rarely feel that precise. Like we've had, um, there's been awesome breakdowns, uh, like from game game makers' toolkits about how more modern games, like more modern platformers, have used techniques like uh, Coyote Time, where you have a few seconds after, or like a second after, or a few frames, I should say, after dropping off a ledge to continue to jump. Um, and that, you know, and it kind of makes everything a little bit of a looser experience. That way, a little bit sloppier, for lack of a better word. That way, um, you know, you don't feel punished for something that you didn't. You know, for for a slight mistake, you can catch yourself, especially with TVs having built-in lag and you know everything else. But in Mario World, I'm like, I didn't need it. Like it just felt perfect to me. It, I tried experimenting. I'm like, as far as I can tell, it doesn't have Coyote Time or any of those new, you know, more modern techniques. It seems, but and it feels great in spite of it. So yeah, they all make platformers like they used to. Is more my point. <laughs> Your age is showing again. <laughs> I wonder if it's, my wisdom. I wonder if it's got the one where you jump up. And if you're like very close to an opening, but you're gonna hit a block if it shifts you a pixel left, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I didn't do like I didn't do much testing, so that would be interesting to see if Mario World actually uses any of those um, techniques now that we see in games like Celeste yeah. use. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've not gone back and played an old game in a while I've been kind of involved with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake getting all that stuff ready for the guides and whatnot, which is now finished so that's good um, that's all taken care of and definitely enjoyed that game uh, otherwise uh, just working on the next project and trying to keep moving and uh, definitely keeping busy uh, yeah. just always on always working on something it seems yeah that's it <laughs> I gotta keep busy <laughs> it's so weird I don't, maybe it's just me but I feel like I'm losing like track of time, like yeah. both, like both in. I mean, both on a daily schedule, but even like when it comes to the day of the week, I barely know what day of the week it is anymore. But I feel like I'm busier. Like I don't know. I feel like I have less time now with this whole quarantine. I don't know how why that's exactly working out. I think partially because my Animal Crossing streams are eating up a fair yeah. chunk of the day <laughs> each day now. But even beyond that, I don't know. It just feels like there's been a lot going on while also nothing's going on. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at first and like, all right, it's gonna slow down. I have way more time for game development, and then it's like life no <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> well, what was hilarious because even just a couple days ago you're like all right now that it seems like thumbnails are slowing down you know it's time for me to maybe work on some other game of same projects we put on the back burner yeah. like immediately after i like five thumbnails yeah, for you oh, <laughs> you don't say that out loud tom <laughs> I, I know don't don't it's like it's like a summons it's like <laughs> uh, exactly. you're not busy you say yeah. <laughs> not busy eh you need more work eh <laughs> 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 yeah that's 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 pretty much andre yeah yeah but, uh, i hope everyone appreciated my uh thumbnail the other day where at one point i'm like there's not a higher quality image there's nothing that can be done and then after 20 minutes i thought wait there is something can be done i have a yellow shirt <laughs> i have that shirt i have a headset <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. also great yeah we had a video about a gameplay tester and uh the image we used or the image of the 
tester wasn't great, but then Tom just recreated it himself <laughs> and made himself the tester, which is amazing. It's like, I looked like I'm from the 80s <laughs> or early 90s. <laughs> We, we we almost need uh, if it was possible to have one of those like have a thumb be one of those like magic pictures where if you look at it one way it's one way and if you look at it the other way it's uh, you know the other image and just swap between Tom and the other guy so people knew what the reference was. Yeah, that'd, <laughs> that'd be, be nice. Like, or if uh, it was the first thing like on the mouse over or scrolling over like at least on a PC when it sort of shows you a playback of the video if it only showed the other thumbnail in the video itself i guess that'd be a way around it (laughs) (laughs) oh boy well let's go ahead and jump into our news topics for the week and uh right off the bat we have uh well we were supposed to get announcements about the sonic series uh as of south by southwest and they were talking about before this whole covid thing started that each month there would be some new sonic announcement it was a big plans for 2020 well, that's not happening, of course, and that's definitely not happening as the announcements meant for South by Southwest have been delayed indefinitely, according to Sega. And uh, they're just asking people for their patience and just got to wait, which, yeah, it's about normal at this point. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's not unexpected. It is. Um, I don't know if I want to say funny, but the timing is just kind of comical. Like, it's like, of course something would happen in the big year for Sonic that <laughs> would just destroy uh, all the, 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 you know, the 2020s plans for the characters. So, um, yeah, I wonder, I don't know when we'll get those announcements now, yeah. but at least it has been a good year for Sonic, at least so far with the movie coming yeah. out actually being shockingly good. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, COVID, COVID's uh, destruction knows no bounds, it seems. It's tyranny. <laughs> knows no limits. <laughs> it's taking over everywhere, and it is mm-hmm. it is a menace, that's to be sure. It, it's it's going to be wild to see how much stuff that was supposed to come out in 2020 come out in 2021. And, you know, it's not really much of a... Uh, it's not like it gives the developers extra time to get this stuff done. It's just like, well, we got to wait. Yep. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it caught everyone, it caught pretty much everyone off guard. Um, I mean, especially the people that most that least should have been. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, it's just kind of wild, just seeing how there's still ramifications from this, and there will continue to be ramifications from this for, I mean, possibly years to come. It's just crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it it says something when Sakurai's Famitsu article is only about COVID. It's just like, well, this is what life is like now, and it talks nothing about game development or. Uh, Smash Brothers. It's just this is life. Working from home. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so bizarre. Like we have like newscasts now. Like professional ass shows are being filmed in people's basements. You know, <laughs> um, it's so bizarre. Like Seth uh, Seth Meyers, who I watch um, pretty much religiously for the uh, closer look segments, and his first episode is hilarious because there were like n- the, there was like no production values. It sounded like he was using his laptop's microphone. Oh, God. It was like the worst audio quality, and it was hel- and it was just really funny because the comments were like all over him. Like it's like really like there's like ten year old YouTubers a better <laughs> better <laughs> production values than this guy. But then he, but then he it has improved and he made fun of himself. So it was it was fun. It was just this whole thing is just wild to see how it's changing the landscape of everything uh, i love watching mm-hmm. conan and colbert like interviewing each other and it's like wait whose show is this and say both are like in their show <laughs> backdrops and it's like yeah, it's like well this is know. my show and then colbert's like oh i'm fine <laughs> with that because everyone knows the host has the most responsibility and stress involved and it's like oh well played colbert <laughs> <laughs> i uh 
I, I don't, I haven't watched it, but uh, the Samantha Samantha Bee show, she does it from like her backyard. It <laughs> does a lot of oh, stuff, really? like her shed. Like she, that's all her whole thing. She'll have her segments and you know everything else. It's just it's funny to see the setup each celebrity uses, and some don't handle it so well. Like apparently Ellen got into some trouble with just like you know life is rough, life is hard, and she's in a mansion. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure that's tough. Yeah, try. Try being quarantined in a small, you know, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. Superman yeah. in the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Pretty much. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, speaking of COVID, knowing no, uh, no, knowing no bounds, it has also claimed Gamescom 2020, as that has been canceled mainly due to the German large events ban that has gone is going through August. Uh, however, the uh, Organizers are planning a digital pl- presence, unlike E3. <laughs> so, there's, well, I mean, E3 said something yeah. similar too at the time. They and- did, they did. So we'll see if they actually manage it. They actually they have some time, so we'll see if it all yeah. comes around. But uh, yeah, no Gamescom, which yeah, that makes sense considering how packed I've seen Gamescom be. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I there they say the bans through August. It's going to go beyond that. There's no way, even if it were September or October, there's no way Gamescom will even happening at any point this year. I think, mm. um, in physical form, there is a chance. Yeah, maybe their digital event will work out. I think they stand a better chance of getting one together than E3 does right now, um, because as far as I can tell, the leader like they they've had a solid plan the last few years. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But yeah, this isn't really a surprise. It's like, of course, it's just a matter of time before it was going to get canceled too. And I think the timetable is actually probably not too far off from when E3 canceled relative to its start date yeah. versus Gamescom and now. I think so, yeah. I, I look forward huh. to conventions next year where you get your own little robot that goes around the show floor so you don't have to be there and you get to play the game <laughs> through the robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be a good showcase of uh, of that legless, like... um. Google technology, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want it to be Johnny Five. <laughs> darn it. <laughs> I, I, was that, I'm reminded. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I remember um, before this whole thing started, I uh, went to a grocery, one of my local grocery stores and actually had the googly-eyed cleanup robot uh, going around the store, uh, just you know, keeping track of the floor and all that and have a little waste receptacle you can take care of. And they try to make it friendly by giving it a smiley face and googly eyes. And it's like, <laughs> I, I just walked in on a... Uh, <laughs> rare game <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah i haven't seen one of those in person yet but um yeah it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. and uh well let's just keep this covid train going <laughs> not really please end um <laughs> uh as our third bit of news is that sony has warned that playstation 5 production is going to be far lower than past generations at launch and they are predicting that the PS5 is going to retail for between $499 and $549 at that launch. So, yeah, uh, not many PS5s potentially uh, <laughs> when it first launches. And that might be trouble. There's going to be one unit and it's going to be put on auction <laughs> and Palmer Lucky will buy it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Would that be something? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, again, not... I mean, I think it's actually more. I think it, the more surprising thing is that they're that they are sticking to this year. Like it seems like they are going to launch it this year, um, when they when it could have just been delayed entirely to the following year. Um, so that's I mean that's still fun. It's still something to look forward to, even if it might be hard to get your hands on one. Um, 
uh, and it'll just be really interesting to see what kind of strategy they use, you know, in rolling this out, and if they might try to do anything along the lines of what Microsoft has done with it, like this cross-generational compatibility. Because now that Last of Us 2 is up in the air, you know, what's going to happen there? Like, maybe that could be, like, their first, like, cross-compatible title, where it's like, hey, if you get a PS4, you can play the PS5 version, which hasn't been announced yet, but there will presumably be one. You can play that one for free, you know? That way, if you can't get PS5, you can enjoy it now and know that it'll work on your next system. Mm-hmm. And that's a good idea. A good idea. It's. Uh, I, I think. I feel like they did a little bit of that kind of thing with. They have the, the original like PS3 to PS4 transi- transition. Yeah, there's something like that. I forget the exact details. So there is a there already is precedent for it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was one. That'd be one way to help soften the blow a little bit. Um, but you know, it also depends whether games are going to be available for the PS5 at launch too. But I'm not. I'm actually not expecting a whole lot in the way of exclusives, especially if. Um, there's going to be this few units. Like, what's the incentive? Why put out a blockbuster, like a huge budget game, if no one could play it? If it's a PS5 exclusive, right? Yeah. So maybe it'll maybe we'll see software like a lot of software that is cross generational compatible. Maybe developers will look at maybe what would have been PS5 exclusive games. Like, whoa, maybe we should make this work on PS4 too. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, we have we haven't heard of Ghost of Tsushima have been, has been officially delayed yet. So I guess that's the next big one. And I guess if that gets delayed. Makes sense to have a PS5 version as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the? Oh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, well, I was, was going to say probably only smaller titles. I mean, really, unless Sony has one in their back pocket that they're working on. I don't see any developer other than maybe Ubisoft uh, with one of their games releasing something for PS5 at launch. Really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's hard. To, it's kind of weird to think about the next generation starting already, especially with these weird times we find ourselves in now. It's. Like, on the one hand, it is exciting. It's nice to know that there is something to look forward to, hardware-wise. On the other hand, it's just kind of weird right now, right? And, like, it's... I don't know. It just feels different at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's so up in the air whether these games are actually going to release or not. We don't know. We have no idea of really what's coming beyond uh, May as, as yeah, for a lot think, of games. Do you think there's a chance Last of Us 2 will be delayed to effectively be a PS5 launch title? Or, you know, cross-generational title? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it's almost a guarantee at this point. So you think it'll launch with a PS5? Yeah. I, I could see it. Unless there's, like, a lot more work to be done than we than we realized. And we, who knows how much crunch they were in. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I think it's very possible. Like, it could it really yeah. could be their Breath of the Wild situation. I'd, I'd feel bad yeah. for Naughty Dog, though, in a way, because then... Like, just as they're almost done their crunch, I think knowing Naughty Dog, they would want to be trying to harness the power of the PlayStation 5 in a way, and then they might end up crunching all over again on a graphics update. Right. Mm-hmm. How about the price? What do you think about that uh, rumored 499 to $549 price? That's to be expected. That's Honestly, I was almost wondering if they would get to the Magic 600, but... They seem to be like, yeah, no, we don't want to do the PS3 thing again, so we're going to keep it below that. But I, I, unless we need to do something for this job for me in regards to the PS5, yeah, I'm not going to be getting that uh, PS5 right away. <laughs> if you can't even, yeah, yeah, if I can't even, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you could even, it might it might end up being six, seven, eight hundred dollars to get one, <laughs> depending on how <laughs> yeah, scalpers no go. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think that price is unexpected. Um, and even though it is kind of edging up toward that that magic PS3 price, we are what fifteen years removed now from that. So obviously, 
Uh, well, for, I think there's two factors here. That actually is slightly less than it was back, you know, 15 years ago because of inflation. But also, we've become more accustomed now to paying, I think, you know, people routinely replace their phones annually. Uh, it is dropping now, but people have become used to replacing their phones annually, if not biannually, for what, $1,000? So, it's interesting that, like, now 499 doesn't sound as bad as it did 15 years ago now, which is wild, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Um, I still look at that and kind of cringe. It's just like, oh boy. Because <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still an investment, but um, it doesn't seem as like it, it's not as instantly damning as it was with the PS3. Yeah, true. I mean, I was a poor college student at that point, so mm-hmm. uh, part of it will come yeah, to do you have to buy one of those M2 SSDs for it, or will it greatly benefit from one? Because those, that's going to be another hundred, two hundred bucks. So. Yeah, that's a good point because what is it, eight hundred and fifty gigabytes on its SSD in the in the in the PS five? Yeah, something like that. That's, I mean, all I need to do is I ha- you know, Final Fantasy seven, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, cool, two hundred gigs are already used up. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. We need bigger hard drives. <laughs> yes, we do. That is one advantage to the streaming services. Uh, that I do like. There's no installs, no hard drive space needed. It's just, you know, I mean, I would say plug and play, but it's not even that really. It's, <laughs> I mean, I guess it is. You do need to plug in the device, but that's it. You're ready to go if you have the internet connection to support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't I don't know how Nintendo's, I mean, Nintendo, PlayStation, Sony is going to do whatever uh, with this whole launch. And we haven't even gotten an indication of how much the Xbox Series X is going to be. So, I can see Sony being like, eh, maybe this, we'll see. And then Xbox comes in, it's going to be four ninety nine. It's like, okay, four ninety nine for the PS5. <laughs> it really does feel like that's yeah. what Sony's doing this time around. It kind of does. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see where these prices end up at. And the release dates, you know. My, uh, did Microsoft, they committed to this year as well, right? Yeah. So, as of right now, yes. Yeah, but I don't know. They've recommitted. I guess, yeah, we'll see. I, <laughs> Interesting times. They do recommitted in some podcasts saying that all the teams are working hard, even from home. So Okay. Yeah. All right. And they well, do plan to have like know. an E3 replacement. So I'm guessing they might have That's more good. of a blowout on the Series X then. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. There's, I mean, nothing quite like a next generation cycle beginning, right? It's just, it's just happening at a very odd time this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the next bit of news we got is uh, the surprise announcement of both Crisis Remastered and Jump Force coming to the Switch. Uh, okay. That's yeah. out of nowhere. Uh, I've, yeah. I've never played the original Crisis. I always heard that as the benchmark back in college, which is funny to think about because you still think of Crisis being just bleeding edge, edge graphics, but I've not looked at it in years, so I don't know if that's still the case and likely not. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it would be. Um yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it is kind of it is still fun to see like the least powerful next gen console being able to play what was once considered the most you know cutting edge game at the time that mm. most machines at that point couldn't even play it at all yeah. <laughs> or anything reasonably. It's like, so I, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like yes, yeah, Switch can play Crisis. What better benchmark is there than that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I remember having friends being like, "Yeah, this bad boy can actually run Crisis." I'm like, "Dang!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that exactly. just brings back memories, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if the, I nobody ever talked about whether the game was actually good or not. So. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, I've heard the first one is good. Um, I heard the sequels have been a little 
bit maybe disappointed by comparison. But Crisis 1 is supposed to be, from what I understand, pretty good. But I didn't play it myself. I was at uh, working at IGN at the time, which is crazy how long ago this is now. And I remember, like, watching people play. I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks really impressive. That looks neat. But never got around to trying it myself. So I wonder if it holds yeah. up. Hmm. What about you, Tom? Did you play it? I only played it a little bit. I played more of the uh, very first Far Cry. And I think Crisis was kind of more like a Far Cry 1, where you're more of a superhero. But mm-hmm. Far, yeah, Crisis. Far Crisis, basically. That was the whole <laughs> part about it. That's why I think it was called Crisis. Uh <laughs> Yes, and I I mostly didn't play it because my computer wasn't the fastest, so yeah, I didn't like a slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't blame you, but uh, I guess the other question is, Andre, since you're now an anime fan, are you going to be picking up Jump Jump Force on the Switch? <laughs> be careful, be careful with those words, man. Um, uh, I I only know what Jump Force is still. Is that a fighting game? So yeah, it? It, it's a fighting game uh, that takes a bunch of Shonen Jump characters and pop, puts them all in one thing. And you may have a creative character, where you make your own uh, own character, and it's heroes and villains. And so it's like a crossover of like different characters or different. Uh, yeah, uh, different. So you got okay. you got Goku, you got Naruto, you got. Well, is my hero in there? My hero's in there. It's, it's, Okay. So right. it, I believe the four playable characters from My Hero are Deku, Bakugo, All Might, okay. and Todoroki. Oh, that's a pretty good lineup. Yeah, but the art Darn style it. is not great. There, it's a more pseudo realistic because they're trying to get all these art different art styles to kind of blend mm-hmm. together, but it doesn't. Yeah. Really look great, and I think in some sort of article for it uh, for Jump Force, like. Um, it's gonna try. I, I saw it listed as running up to thirty frames per second. So that's a concern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this 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 really shouldn't be on the Switch. Be all, all things considered. <laughs> if if you can get if you can get Crisis on the Switch, why can't you get your anime fighting game work running well? It I don't did, get this. It didn't really run that well on other systems either. Ugh, so that's a problem. I think that's more the yeah, issue. So so to answer your question, probably not. I'm not a huge fighting game fan anyway. Mm-hmm. But I will say, with that being said, I did look up footage of the. Um, my hero fighting game and i actually thought that looked kind of cool like they seemed like they did a good job capturing uh at least the essence of the show in both the art style and the gameplay i don't know if it's that fun but it looked cool so um so yeah maybe i'll watch the videos of jump force but otherwise i don't see myself playing it so yeah i yeah i i played a demo of the original my hero fighting game at e3 uh and it was fun simple but fun um i don't know how how long it would keep your interest uh very weird it does not have the dub in it it's it's honestly a yeah str- I saw that it's a strange low budget affair which is so odd considering how big my hero is right. but I, there's some sort of rights thing going on there that I'm not fully aware of or fully you know I don't know what's going on um, but I heard the sequel's a little better but you know still the same basic idea I've heard it compared to the Naruto Clash of Ninja games on the GameCube which. Mm-hmm. We're basic. We're extremely basic. There wasn't a lot to them. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and the last bit of news we have uh, for this week is Nintendo has added remappable button options for the Switch, which uh, in the 10.0 update. Yeah, yeah in the 10.0 update, and uh, yeah, I have not played with it myself, but it's it's great to have that option in there for. Uh, accessibility and I, I saw a lot of people changing things up so they can play games the way they want so it seems like the most popular new feature of the of this 10.0 update 
it's by far the best new feature. Yeah, there, there wasn't a ton in it, but the features they added are useful. Like bookmarks, um, they added uh, the ability to easily port data from your Switch to your SD card and vice versa, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, this, re this remapping feature is great, um, mostly for accessibility, you know, for people who have trouble reaching certain buttons or, you know, in conjunction with one another or, you know, just, just remapping it to their preference. This is a really good thing to have. And uh, on top of that, too, even if you don't want it for accessibility reasons, it's just great to be able to have that level of control. Because it, for me, it actually makes um, NES games far more playable. Because I, I love using Y and B for A, uh, yeah, Y and B for A and B, um, which isn't, there's not even an option to do that within the apps themselves on the Switch. So you can do this now with the controller mod, and it's great. Um, so it's nice having that. My only, I, the only thing I wish you could do is I wish you could map them on a per game basis rather than. Uh, per, you know, rather than across the board yeah. and everything, mm -hmm. because you have to keep switching the profiles then, which is a little annoying. Maybe yeah. in 11.0? I, I can see that being the biggest issue. Yeah. Right, Tom? I was going to say maybe in 11.0 that would be a feature. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think we got what we got, and that's about it, because, you know, people are still begging for folders. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, I mean, at least there's use to it. Uh, everybody can... May have some fun with it depending on what they want to do with their switch and uh, you know more options are always good yeah absolutely yeah so yeah, so, yeah i yeah uh, i'm reminded of whenever I, when i heard when i first heard about this feature i'm like oh that's awesome because i saw a video maybe a couple months ago of some father uh, i believe who um used the microsoft controller what's their controller called the accessibility controller oh i, I completely forget where, i know what you're talking it's about a, yeah yeah it's an amazing device where you can remap the controls to pretty much any to be any kind of input and it allowed him to program it so her so his daughter could play breath of the wild um using this this controller um and it was just fantastic like the smile on her face from playing was just like it actually brought me to tears the first time, Aww. and I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. So any kind of accessibility improvements we get in gaming is only is only a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think I've seen that video and it is, it's extremely sweet. So yeah, mm -hmm. yep, bring on the accessibility. See, yep, yep. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our Patreon topics for this week. And as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon, get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as offer up topics and games like the ones we have here, as well as access to our VIP room in our Discord. So, Tom, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, scrolling down. My topic is from <laughs> Hans Lemberg. Sorry if I said that completely wrong. <laughs> uh he says, hey, GX, if you could choose to have any developer work on an existing IP in any genre possible, which would you choose? Now, unfortunately for me, um, I kind of thought about this for a bit, but the one I know about that the developer probably would be super stoked to do kind of overshadowed everything. And that would be if Yacht Club Games could make some sort of spiritual successor or like, kind of like... A, Link Between Worlds to Link to the Past version of Zelda 2. Because uh, they took a lot of inspiration from Zelda 2 for Shovel Knight, and they clearly don't need money, so they wouldn't be doing this <laughs> out of funding needs. It would be purely passion if they agreed to it. Uh, what kind of level of effort they would put in would be amazing, just to see what they would come up with for like a Zelda like a second Zelda 2 continuation of some sort right or even mm. if it was like a reimagining I guess but, that'd be yeah. cool no I think it'd I'd be, be really fun to see yeah. 
Yeah, I, would, I mean, we've already had the Zelda crossover now with um, that that music game. I uh, what it's called. Oh, Cadence of Hyrule uh, by Brace Yourself Games thank you, yeah. here in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. so there's already some precedent for this. It'd be amazing to see someone be able to work within the Zelda universe again to make a, I guess, more proper entry or an, or an updated yeah. entry. Uh, like like we've also seen kind of with Metroid, too, you know, with um, Samus Returns. So, yeah, I would love to see uh, the Yacht Club game's take on what Zelda 2 could be, or a Zelda 2-like game could be. Hmm. Yeah. Trying to think of what developer I'd have work on which game. I'm... Can I pair Rare with Banjo-Kazooie? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what genre? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Any genre, I don't care. I'll take Banjo-Kazooie in any form. <laughs> Banjo-Pilot <laughs> Give me too. something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is tough. I had... I'm trying to think of what I would do as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, honestly. Yeah, I'm having trouble with that as well. It's hard because sometimes it's nice uh, just to be surprised, right? And then it's exactly. like, oh, wow, I didn't think that could happen. And sometimes like, you're trying to think of this and normally say, no, that couldn't be. So, I don't know. Well, I've got one that's impossible now because I believe Sony shut them down or whoever shut them down. I think Zipper... I think it was Zipper that published uh, or that made Crimson Skies, and I remember playing that game back in the day, back in the day on the Xbox. I'm like, man, I would love it if these guys can make a new Star Fox game. Ooh. Um, instead, you know, instead of having a franchise that spin its wheels for a couple of decades. But yeah, <laughs> they no longer exist, so that's unlikely to happen. But um, that would have been amazing to see because Crimson Skies is such a great uh, flight combat game, like an action focused, you know, uh, flight flight game that is kind of right up Star Fox's alley. Uh, just more focused on the all-range side of things, or entirely focused, and I would love to have seen them do something with it. But, alas, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've said it before, uh, have have Shinen work on a new F-Zero game, but I feel like that's really obvious. But now, I, I've not played The Tourist yet, but with that weird style, it's like, you know what, how about Shinen makes a new... Um, oh, what's the word with it about the Mike Jones with Star the bat? Star uh, Tropics. Star Tropics. Yeah, yeah. Make a new Star Tropics. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, that would be. Oh, I've got one. I want um, SIE Japan Studio, who made Astrobot, to make a VR Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just give them that because, license and be like, all right, exactly. Give it a shot. It's like if you're not going to do Nintendo, if you're going to throw out trash like that Mario Odyssey VR mode, let's give let let someone <laughs> handle who knows what they're doing. Um, I mean, do you do you think Sony would turn down a Nintendo Kingdom like, hey, can you make us a VR Mario game? <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I think Sony would be like, all right, let's let's take a look at this. So, get PlayStation VR um, working with Switch. <laughs> exactly, that'd be amazing. Um, no, yeah, Astrobot was legit was legitimately great. It reminded me of how a Nintendo game would be in VR, so that's why I think it, Mario would be a perfect pair for them. Mm-hmm. It won't happen, obviously, but it would be incredible. <laughs> um. I, don't, I can't think of any others that I would like uh, to, to see. I Honestly, if they could take the Arxis developers and the beautiful games they can make out of fighting games and do more of a, like a side-scrolling beat-em-up of some kind, that'd be really cool. Like we, We're kind of getting that with Streets of Rage 4 uh, with that art style. But yeah. again, just the level of detail that you can get with those Arc uh, System Works games, put that into a beat-em-up genre or something of that ma- uh, manner, oh, be yeah, really cool. You just reminded me of a 
this reminds me of a couple we touched on before. Like, I would love if F Zero got turned into a beat em up by any oh, one yeah. of these beat em up developers, <laughs> right? Just give us Captain Falcon, Falcon punching the hell out of people. You, you have some missions take place on top of the cars themselves, of course. It'd be really fun. <laughs> um, and then also, I've said this before too. Uh, I want concerned. I think it's concerned ape. The guys who made Stardew Valley to make a Zelda spinoff, um, where <laughs> where instead of going ranch. <laughs> Exactly. Man, it's on a ranch. Instead of going cave diving, you go explore temples and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, uh, here you go, Link. Go explore this uh, dungeon for us and bring us back some stuff. <laughs> so the exactly. two people behind so the- Concerned Ape, who already are managing Stardew Valley <laughs> and working on a new game, to take on another Zelda project too. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> so uh, I, you, at first, I was like, I, I didn't realize the Stardew, the Stardew Valley developer was named Concerned Ape. So I think I thought you were talking about Ape Out. I was just I was thinking you were talking about Ape Out with Donkey Kong. <laughs> hey, that could, hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong just killing everybody. Like that's a new Donk. That's Donkey Kong ninety four. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh goodness. Um, cool. Well, I have no others. So uh, Andre, do you want to do the next topic or should I? Sure. Uh, my topic comes to us by way of Caleb, who asks, What do you think is the future of Amiibo, and do you think we'll ever get a game like Amiibo Adventure that utilizes all of them kind of like Skylanders? Uh, so, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think that ship has long since sailed, unfortunately. I think that would have been... That might have potential to, to maybe extend the life of Amiibo, but I think it's pretty much dead. I mean, we'll continue to see some light support. We've seen it in Animal Crossing most recently. But it's definitely not the level they used to be. Um, we haven't seen any new Animal Crossing Amiibo. They have announced that they are reissuing, um, if not the Amiibo themselves, at least the Amiibo cards, uh, which is good, you know, for those who want to use them in the game. But yeah, no, I think the Amiibo fad, you want to call it that, is effectively over. We may see a few more come out, but we're not going to see any more large-scale collections. We're not going to see any major features tied to them anymore, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, the death knell to me is the fact that we did not get any more announcements of to, to finish up the smash brothers line uh because yeah. exactly I, mean, I think yeah. they got all the character all the characters that are in the game outside of dlc and i think that's it mm-hmm. i think that might be right. which is a yeah. shame because i know a lot of people want amiibo of joker terry <laughs> uh you know ter- uh, i almost said terry bradshaw <laughs> it's like that's not it um but yeah terry um uh I'm blanking on the others all of a sudden. That's terrible. <laughs> Terry Ball. Uh, yeah, Terry. <laughs> I'm just imagining Terry Bradshaw for Smash now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Madden you know, for Smash. One Derek being Prana Plant. Oh, uh, uh, we did get the Prana Plant, but that was technically already in the game. And- oh, do we have the Prana Plant? Is there a Prana Plant? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. From Smash? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I'm apparently allergic to prompt plan news. Yeah, he got a uh, he got a uh, amiibo before heck uh, Richter did. <laughs> God, I don't remember that man. That's how much yeah, that's how much amiibo have fallen. That these can just come out. I oh yeah, hero <laughs> hero from Dragon Quest. How did I forget him? <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, everybody would want banjo. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay, I would make an exception for banjo. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know oh, you yeah, go after a banjo amiibo. <laughs> Yep, I've got the uh, I've got the 25 year old now um, Beanie Baby effectively a banjo. It's not Beanie Baby, oh, nice. but it's just like one. I, I when I was at uh, Pax East before the whole pandemic started, 
uh, I stopped by, I think it was Fangamer, and they had a plush of Banjo and Kazooie that I got for Amy because she, she loves those games. I think those were one of her earliest N64 games she ever played. And uh, best part about it is that the Kazooie is removable, so you can put it in, put her in. Oh, and, that's and, awesome. Yeah, they're two separate Although that actually and, is against the spirit yeah. of Banjo-Kazooie. That's more Banjo-Tooie. It kind of is, but, <laughs> you know, you, you got to have that. You got to she was that never option. separated in the game itself. True, but game. it's nice. It's not just sewed in there. You can remove it if you want. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is pretty novel. How's it fit then? Is the backpack huge? It, or it's not huge, but it stuffs in there surprisingly well. It's probably All like right. a yeah, she, 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 <laughs> She's motioning to me. Yes, it's Banjo Tooie's. Like as you said, Andre. So he, she's defending it already. <laughs> All right, I called it. See, and there we go. So it's not as good then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've never played Tui, so I can't confirm that. <laughs> That's a good reason why I never played Tui. I kid. I actually, kind of, I actually kind of like Tui more replaying it these days, and by that I mean whenever it hit 360 years yeah. ago now, um, because I kind of remembered what to do, and that was a huge help. Because the first time it's kind of a drag when you have no idea where to go, and these worlds are huge. But with some light recollection of what to do, it's actually way more tolerable. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> better or worse than nuts and bolts. Oh God, that's what I, th- I I I don't know. I'd have to replay both. I love nuts and bolts too, um, for different reasons. Um, so I mean, it depends what you're looking for. Uh-huh. Like I, I I have no idea. I'd have to replay both. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm the future of me, 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 amiibo. It's dead. Like yep. we're gonna see some light re- releases in the dream of an amiibo adventure. Long gone because nope. all Toys to Life stuff are gone. Like, if Disney couldn't make it happen, nobody could do it. <laughs> oh, especially, I mean, especially now with, you know, COVID just, you know, impacting manufacturing and shipping and who knows what else. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's over. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, well. All right. Well, my topic comes from Jamie McMillan, who says... Hey, GX crew, I hope you're doing well. The Mother 4 fan game has been in development for an entire decade now, and the developers recently revealed the game's rebrand as Oddity, which is uh, now less of a fan game and more of a spiritual successor. It's looking incredibly creative and polished and has a killer soundtrack to boot. Overall, it's shipping up to be a worthy successor to Itoi's Mother series. What are your thoughts on fan games' uh, spiritual successors, i.e. Sonic Sonic Mania, AM2R, and even Ukulele? And what do you think makes a good fan game? Uh, for example, should they try to be more inventive or and try, or try to closely emulate the games they are based on? And do you have any favorites uh, from over the years? So, uh, And just any thoughts on Mother 4. So as always, thanks for the great content. So yeah, I did watch that trailer, and I have never, never played uh, Earthbound Beyond... I like maybe got the Tucson and stopped for whatever reason uh, back mm-hmm. when it came out on the Wii U. I think I got just got distracted by other things and just never got to Earthbound. So I don't have a huge connection to the Mother series. Uh, Oddity looks fun, though. It looks good. I can see people really enjoying it. You can obviously see the Mother influence. Uh, but as far as fan games and spiritual successors, I, I, I think it is good to make sure to do their own thing. And you know, not be one for one. Uh, That said, you know, Sonic Mania is obviously really close, but it's in line with the brand. So it's not like its own separate thing. Ukulele, as you brought up, did its own thing, which I did not connect as much, but AM2R is fantastic. There's still debates over whether that or Samus Returns is the better remake of Metroid 2. Uh, 
Um, and then you have stuff where a Sonic fan game turned into Freedom Planet, and they did their own things and made their own games, and they're even making a sequel now. So I think those variations and changes can work, especially if you're doing a spiritual successor or working on something like these fan games where you just make something different in order to have your personal stamp on it while still being recognizably from, you know, inspired by that other series. And I think that's really the better way to go because I, I've put it out there. I'm not the biggest fan of the original ukulele. And I think that's because they just tried to do too much from banjo and without really updating it. I don't think you're being fair to the ukulele because that game was uniquely bad. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I'm not going to argue. If it were closer to the banjo, it would be a better game. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I actually pretty much agree with that. I'm actually, I'm fully in favor of fan games and spiritual successors. Uh, you know, more, uh, more spiritual successors because they can, you know, do their own thing with them. Um, yeah, as long as it's not like completely shameless, like they try to throw in their own ideas and evolve the concept, which I realize is kind of a gray area. Like, if you look at Stardew Valley, that is very much inspired by Harvest Moon. It doesn't do a ton necessarily that's new, but it still feels like its own thing. But I could see, I could see an argument for being for someone saying, "Well, it kind of ripped off Harvest Moon," and yeah, it did. Um, but it also does. I for me, I do think it does enough to stand out without feeling like shameless. Um, and it's clear like a lot of love went into it. So, so yeah, while it can be a gray area, I'm otherwise like I'm I'm fine with it. And it's the only way we can sometimes get we we can really relive these classic experiences in a new way because companies are often just not interested in themselves in making sequels or whether it's you know it doesn't make sense for them or they don't have the manpower to do it who knows what um or or even maybe the original developers don't aren't interested in it too or even beyond that sometimes the developers themselves aren't even fully aware of what makes a game as great as it is i, I don't want to I'm, I'm just going to throw an example i have no idea whether it, this would be the case or not but let's say the development team of resident Evil 4 were to re actually this is kind of fitting now that <laughs> now the capcom's remaking resident Evil 4 Rumor. do they truly understand what made that game so special you know, that's one of the questions. And it might be that fans have a better perspective on that than Capcom themselves do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be that a fan spiritual successor of Resident Evil 4 ends up being a better game. Not that there's not that there is one development that we're aware of. But that, you know, I'm just kind of using it as an as an example. Like, you know, even for Harvest Moon, the newest games, to my understanding, haven't felt nearly as good or as compelling as the classics, which Stardew Valley helped deliver on. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I I mean we have a perfect example. Uh, between two Kickstarter projects of the, you know, people most associated with two series did their own Kickstarter projects. Uh, one, we got, you know, the Mega Man successor with uh, Mighty Number no. 9, and that blew, you know, failed spectacularly. Uh, and yeah. then on the other side, we have Iga with the Castlevania successor, Bloodstained, which ended up fantastic. It is a great game. And, you know, he understood what worked. He took some of the best elements from some of the best. Uh, Castlevania games and made this uh, new world and, and you know it doesn't there's still some issues here and there uh, but it's still a fantastic game and it, it really depends on whether that person can or that team can really focus on what makes it so great yeah mm-hmm. and that's good too about uh, because it didn't sa- it didn't sound promising for Bloodstained in the last year or so especially getting help from mm-hmm. way forward for uh, development and stuff. So it was like, oh, and it's been delayed a lot. But fortunately, like that extra time and just it, it came together in the end. Which is really surprising because I was like, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> we into another situation like this. Yeah, exactly. 
So thankfully it did not end up like that. But yeah, there's a lot of great fan games out there. And, you know, there's I think there's like this thing called the Sonic Hacking Contest every year that, uh, you know, they either hack old games or kind of build their own new ones. And we've seen a couple, like a lot of people experimenting with 3D Sonic. And, you know, if they can make that work and make their own uh, character to kind of do something similar, that's free reign to have like, okay, you want 3D Sonic in this style? Here you go, just with a different mm-hmm. uh, setup, and that's again, that's what Freedom Planet did. So exactly, yeah, yep. yep. So on the other hand, I I did try Pokemon Uranium. wasn't a fan of the new designs because there's something like that's just so uniquely Pokemon that's so ha- hard to, uh, for others to capture, uh, and I I didn't feel like Pokemon Uranium did a great job of that. But then on the other hand, I saw this Twitter account talking about like this. Uh, imaginary Pokemon Australian game and the starters were great. The character designs were great. The, uh, they're like, it was all really good as far as a design perspective, just not in the games, but it wasn't an actual game, which means it didn't get taken down. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Well, you guys ready for this week's game? Ready. All right. This one comes to us from Robert J. Williamson, who says, Hi, GX crew. I have what I hope to be a fun 11-question multiple-choice quiz for you all. Uh, Majora's Mask is my favorite game of all time. After listening to last week's podcast, I was inspired to create a Majora's Mask-themed game in the same vein as Sean Davis's Tricky Ocarina of Time quiz. Since players must immerse themselves in the surreal world of Termina and its quirky inhabitants in order to stop the moon from falling, how well do people know and remember some of the game's subtleties? Thank you for continuing to produce so much informative and fun content during these trying times. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Let's see how well you can uh, step up. And this is based on the N64 game and not the 3DS remake. So I'm at a major disadvantage. However, I'm looking for where the answers are. Okay, the answer key is separate. So you might just be between you two again. All right. Uh, Depending on how this is situated, I'm going to look here. Yeah, it's, it's, I, unfortunately, not doing the whole, uh, thing where you cover up who, what the a- answer actually is, unfortunately. So, going to be between you two. Okay. All right. All right. So, <clears throat> how many heart pieces are in Majora's Mask? Th- uh, 36, 44, 52, or 60? Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... What are the options? <laughs> 36, 44, 52, or 60? I'll go 44. I'll go 52. Tom is right, 52. Sound, nice. Sounded right <laughs> with like getting hurts and stuff. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which of the following Nintendo characters is featured as a mask on the Happy Mask Salesman's backpack? Mario, Yoshi, Star Fox or Bowser? I'll say Mario. Yeah, that's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Mario. Like, it would be I so easy one. for it to be Star Fox, though. But yeah, it's Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a Keaton mask. Yeah. There you go. I, Ocarina of Time did have, I think it was Ocarina that had the four, or maybe it was Majora actually that already has the Star Fox references with the four masks of the animals from the Star Fox crew being all mm. in a row. Maybe. I can't remember that one. And then there's like an Andros hmm. mask with two gloves. <laughs> <laughs> if only. 
Uh, it's uh, Rick the Kangaroo Mask. That's how you get your glove. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. Number three. How many masks are wearable in Majora's Mask? 20, 24, 28, or 32? Hmm. What was the one before 32? Uh, 28. Uh, I'll say 28. Oh, God. I think it's either 20 or 24. I'm feeling... Uh, 20 sounds right, but I'm trying to picture how that looks, and it looks wrong to me. So I'm going to go 24. It is 24. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, all right. What NPC or C's... Uh, in Majora's Mask, can Link outright kill? Cafe, the Gorman brothers, Pamela's father, or Sakan? Okay, we hold on, need a repeat of the sales again. What NPC in Majora's Mask can Link outright yeah. kill? Cafe, okay. the Gorman brothers, Pamela's father, or Sakan? I Sakan. I remember that one. S A K O N. I don't remember who that. I have no idea to. who that one is. I know who Pamela's father is. Uh, yeah, to help refresh people, I remember some of these. I believe the first one was a witch. The Gorman brothers, or whatever, were the the farmers. The you know the guys that look like Luigi running the farm, or the yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, third the father was the the mummy guy. Uh-huh. Um, I'll say cafe. Andre? I'm thinking. I'm going to go with the last one, whatever it was. Sakan? Yeah. That is the one you can uh, outright kill. Oh, nicely done. I Wait. don't know who that is. I believe, isn't Cafe part of the like marriage side story? Oh, is it not one of the witches? No. Oh, okay. I, thought, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> it might be, then. If it is, you yeah. definitely can't kill it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it fitting that I, I just, it's like Star Trek, where the one you can't really remember is the one who can die? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, no. That totally is. Yeah. It's the it's the adult turning into a kid. Yeah. So, oh, that, yeah. yeah never. I was gonna say. Well, hold, hey, hold. Actually, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You can kill all these people by losing yeah. the game. Yeah. Exactly. But he says outright kill. Okay. True. Fair so enough. It's like first degree <laughs> versus third degree. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's a difference yeah. in the court of law. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being a murderous link, there's a neglectful link. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number five. When giving Link the Bremen mask, the organ grinder Guru Guru confesses that he stole it from a cat, dog, bear, or hawk. Okay, repeat the question. When when giving Link the Bremen mask, the organ grinder Guru Guru confesses that he stole it from what? A cat, a dog, a bear, a hawk, or, or, or a hawk, excuse me, sorry. I'll say a dog because there's usually more dogs running around in Zelda games. Is he organ grinder? Yeah, yeah, that's what you call it. <laughs> when you have that, when you have that little even... rotational thing that you. Oh, the yeah. box, the music. Yeah, the box music box thing. that you grind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm go. I think I'll say hawk because I believe you might be. Oh, is it the hawk mask you wear? I don't know. I'll go hawk. It is dog. Yes. Okay. Nice <laughs> job, Tom. All right, number six. What is Romani's nickname for Link? Fairy Boy, Hawkeye, Handsome, or Grasshopper? Uh, I'm going to Fairy Boy. <laughs> fairy Boy sounds like that it, might have been. Yeah, it might have been another thing. one, but that. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go Handsome. 
I think they had a one. I think she had a crush on him or something. Or mm-hmm. yeah. what are you going with, Tom? Fairy boy. Both are wrong. It was Grasshopper. Oh, that was my second guess. Really, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fairy Boy was um, oh, Sahara. No, 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 no. Uh, was the ranch in the original Ocarina? Um, oh, uh, Malin. Uh, yeah, Malin. That's mm, it. I was blanking yeah. on the name for some reason. Um, yeah, we've all been, we've all had trouble. With well, you and me have had trouble with names today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are. What was that, Sonny? Early Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. Which of Tingle's relatives can Link meet? Oh, Tingle's brother, Tingle's father, Tingle's grandmother, or Tingle's uncle? Link meet? Yeah, Link can meet one of them. Oh, Link can meet them. I thought, like, connecting meet. I thought that's where, like, what? No, he'll actually meet them in the game. Tingle's brother, father, grandmother, or uncle? You meet other Tingles in this. the game? No, they're re- yeah. his relatives, yeah. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. What what are the options again? Brother, father, grandmother, or uncle. Okay, I'm going to say I'm torn between brother. Two. All right. I'm going it's either father or uncle. Oh. I think it's uncle. But I don't think I don't think they were parents. I'll go I mean they were. I, it could be. I'll go uncle though. It was father. No. Darn I it. knew that one cuz uh that's when Tingle has the line about his father being Disappointed in his 35-year-old man dressing up like a fairy. No. <laughs> where, where Which, was, I'm not even that old yet. I'm going to have to look this <laughs> that, up. This year I am, but... Was. I forget where Tingle's father was, but I do remember in he the, was um, in there. In the forest or in the uh, forest, in the swamp area inside the yeah. witch's hut, you talk to you talk to him through the wall, oh, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think in the witch's hut or somewhere around there. Yeah, I see it. I think you. I don't think you see him, or if you do, I think you, you either don't, or he's some big burly guy. One of the two. <laughs> All right, number eight. Which of the following songs is not played by a member of the Indigo Goes during individual rehearsals in Zora Hall? Legend of Zelda's Underworld theme, Legend of Zelda's Game Over theme, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link's Palace theme, or a Link to the Past dungeon slash cave theme. Which of these? Which of those four are not played? I'll choose game over. I have no idea though. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go a link to the past. I don't remember the reference titles that I say recent. It wasn't that recent, but yeah, I'll go into the past one. All right, the one that was not played was the the Palestine from Zelda Two. So you're both darn it. We're at number nine, and you're both sitting at three answers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> three wow. correct answers. Favorite game, huh, huh Andre? <laughs> I think you did better with Ocarina. Yeah, well, I played that more Same. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine. What random... These are o- tough questions. Huh? These are tough questions. They, they are, they are. Uh, there's a few I actually would... I think I would know if I didn't have the answer key right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what random object can be found atop one of the pillars outside of Elkana Castle? A paper airplane, a yo-yo, a soccer ball, or a bicycle? Say them again. A paper airplane, a yo-yo, a soccer ball, or a bicycle? I'm going to go paper airplanes. The only th- I can't picture any of these, but that's the one that makes the most sense to me. I should have said that earlier, so I will say yo-yo. <laughs> That was your first uh, guess. My, my backup would be bike. Okay, but uh, it is a paper airplane. 
Yes. <laughs> I thought it just sounded right. It could be a letter. Boy, it could but... be anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number ten. After defeating a Garrow Master, it dissolves in it dissolves in green flames, blows itself up with a bomb, teleports to another location, or or impales itself on its blades. Part of the problem is I don't remember. I'm bad with names. So what is this one called? I'm googling it. A, it. I need to remember. A Garrow Master. Is that one of the uh, mummy guys? I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm just googling. Does it dissolve in green flames? Blow itself up with a bomb? Teleport to another location or impale itself on its blades. I'm gonna say green flames. Okay, I feel like by looking at that image, I might have cheated <laughs> because he has like uh, a million we'll swords. <laughs> yeah, what are the options again? Sorry, dissolves in green flames, blows itself yeah. up with a bomb, teleports to another location, or impales itself on its blades. Okay, actually, I think I remember. I think it's a bomb. And that wasn't cheating, so if well, we'll find out. But. It was a bomb. Uh, yes! All right, good. The reason, the thing on my slide cheated on is the image showed red flames from his swords, so I figured it wasn't green, but I would, I would have guessed bomb anyway once I knew who it was. So. Okay. All right. Number 11, the final one, and technically Tom can't win this. Yeah, but. <laughs> because of my favorite airplane. Snap. Yep. <laughs> all right. What can Link receive as a reward the second time he successfully protects Kremia's milk from the Gorman brothers? A silver rupee, Romani's mask, a suggestive hug where Kremia presses Link's face against her chest, or Romani's hand in marriage when she, when he becomes a man? This, this, Sorry, repeat that one more time? All right. Number 11. All right. Uh, what can Link receive uh, as a reward the second time he successfully protects Kremia's milk from the Gorman brothers? Is it a silver rupee? Romani's mask, a suggestive hug where Kremia presses Link's face against her chest, or Romani's hand in marriage when he becomes a man. Oh man. Oh man. I I will go I'll go the mask. It sounds like this would be this is a significant I feel like this is a significant event in the game, and you would get something significant as a result. So I'm gonna say the mask. I'm gonna go. I'll go hand in marriage. <laughs> You're both wrong. It's a suggestive Darn hug. <laughs> oh my Should god! Remember, this is the second time, <laughs> so I guess it's not. I'm guessing your really good item was the first time. <laughs> yeah, that could. I was wondering that. It gave yeah. gone away. So. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm due for a replay. And hey, it's 20th anniversary. It's coming up. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. They or 25th. 25th. Oh, well, 25th. Yeah. Jeez. I think. Wait, hold on. Actually, no, I'm sorry. 20th. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> I wish there was a trick question uh, in there. Like, what object falls from the sky? And then it's like that tear thing or whatever when you're in the... Uh, oh, yeah. As, as <laughs> observatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Andre once again wins this Zelda knowledge. Uh, got a, about half the questions, like a little less, but that's all right. But, uh, that, <laughs> but that'll do it for episode 187 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening each week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us over on Patreon. Get these podcasts three days early uh, every Friday, as well as offering up to- to- uh, tip- topics and games like the ones we had here and access to our VIP room in our Discord. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for episode 188. Till then, bye. <laughs>